Hello, this is Roy Mitchell, and this is Hibla Minute. One thing that is certain, good people do good things in bad times. And I'm always impressed by the way people create the lemonade when there are so many lemons, especially now. Take, for example, our next guest, Vicky Fraser. Vicky called up all her organizing skills and promotion skills and her love of music and her love for musicians to create a concert. Online, of course, and the money she raises will go to the performers. Before becoming a psychotherapist in the early 2010s, Vicky worked as a singer-songwriter. You'll hear how her write-on politics inform what she does in the interview and song. And she'll talk about how she used her skills and contacts in the music business to create some magic. She is a rock star. Before my interview with Vicky, let's listen to her song, Dynamite Opening. The song is from her album by the same name, and it speaks to her work, her successful work, to stop nuclear waste from being buried under us. Told you she's a rock star. Let's listen to her song, Dynamite Opening. Forget familiar in 
Vicky, and welcome to Hibla Minute. How are you doing, all things considered? <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. Well, I'm at home. Before the pandemic, I was living alone. And during the pandemic, I'm living alone. So there hasn't been a lot of change, except I can't go for dim sum and brunch and all those fabulous things that we do with our friends. And But all things considered, I'm working uh, from home as a therapist. So that part of my life hasn't changed much. I think I'm okay. The political stuff seems to be kind of a crap show out there and it's scary as hell, but otherwise I'm doing fine. How about you? Great. Well, I'm so glad I can do this and talk to people and talk to you. And this is my good medicine. And I wanted to talk about the, the song that we started with the song, your song, which you wrote dynamite opening. Could you give us a little bit about what that song was inspired by, I think you have an update. I do have an update. I wrote the song and recorded it in 1998, and it's the title track of the one album that I put out when I was a songwriter back in the 80s and 90s. It's about the burial of nuclear waste in the North, and I was a participant in the 1996 public hearings on technical issues. It was an environmental assessment, an attempt to stop further steps toward the burial of high-level nuclear waste. And although I wasn't super knowledgeable, <laughs> my dear friends were, and I was along for the ride, basically, to support them. So Brene Lloyd of Northwatch is an umbrella organization of environmental groups. Irene Koch of Nuclear Awareness Project, who's now passed away. Kathy Cooper, the Canadian Environmental Law Association. We all went to these hearings in Toronto. And then Brunane and I went to all the nuclear provinces on a road trip to be the public thread in all the hearings. So we won in the end, this environmental assessment. They actually said, no, we should not bury this. It's going to leak. And it was the most amazing verdict. And we were all beyond thrilled. We did not see that coming. But then the feds pretty much ignored the ruling and essentially said they would bury it anyway. Very disheartening. So... For years, they were talking about Timmins area, and now they are looking to 40 kilometers outside a town called Ignace, I believe. And there's a lot of opposition, as you can imagine, and there's a lot of pushing back on this. So they are considered to be a willing host at this point. We are all holding our breath. It's a crapshoot as to how this is all going to unfold. Well, keep us posted. This song that you wrote, you're no longer a singer-songwriter, you're now a psychotherapist, but this project we're going to talk about, the Support the Arts Cabaret, is an opportunity for you to revisit your singer-songwriter career, which you started right out of high school. Can you describe Support the Arts Cabaret? What is it? Well, it's a series, and it's three uh, online concerts of five artists per city, and the three cities are... Toronto, Guelph, and Ottawa. And these are the cities that I lived in the longest. And so I've reverse engineered my musical path where I started in Ottawa, then moved to Guelph and recorded Dynamite Opening 
then came to Toronto to become a rock star, which didn't really happen, <laughs> which is fine. Um, <laughs> the reason I picked those cities is that I have deep roots there. So I can pull from these places where I met these musicians to either play the, the actual cabarets or get people buying tickets. And why are you doing this? Well, I just wanted to do it as a fundraiser to help raise money for musicians in a time when live music is one of the last freaking places where musicians can make money. Coronavirus literally has shut all of that down. So I was inspired by friends who had tours planned or albums coming up and couldn't do anything. And isn't it also your birthday? Yeah, May 31st is my the first show, the Toronto show, is... Uh, my birthday. <laughs> this is a great way to start your birthday. That's amazing. How easy was it to find those artists? How much prep time did you need to get this together? Well, it wasn't hard to get the first few artists in Toronto. The first person I asked was one of my best friends, Susie Ungerleider. She goes by Oh Susanna. So she and I have gone back for years and years and she recently moved to Vancouver. So she owes me because I miss her so much. <laughs> And she was happy to do it. And then I asked my dear friend, Michael O'Connell, who's in a band called Culture Reject, and he was in, and then it just was easy from there to get everybody on board for Toronto. Once I got the Toronto people, it was like no problem to get the rest of the people in the different cities. Okay, and I will list all of those performers. I will put that in. I will intersplice it. Okay. <laughs> and so what's it like to wrangle 15 artists during a pandemic? Did you do this alone? Who else was involved in this project? Well, in terms of getting them booked, it was me and me alone in terms of just calling them on the phone or emailing them. I just said, I will pay you a certain amount, transfer the money. And if we make any more money from that point, uh, I'll do that after the show. Each artist is asked to play two songs. So it's not a huge commitment where they have to play for an hour and a half or something. They're just paying for 10 or 15 minutes. And it's much like the idea of a folk festival in the sense that there's a bunch of musicians at one time doing a show. But I have had a lot of help in the end. I contacted a dear friend, Nick Crane, who is a musician and played on Dynamite Opening a lot on the album. And he is also a fantastic illustrator. He's illustrated like Hardcore Logo, the book, and all sorts of great books. He did all the artwork for all the social media stuff. He actually drew on paper on graph paper a stained glass pattern and so he was thinking about this zoom concert and thinking about how we're all kind of fractals in the stained glass and it sort of unites us beautiful artwork i really love it so he helped me a lot and then susie ungerleiter helped me with the my events page because it was like going to be the death of me and she's used to that sort of thing she's like oh just go here here and here Michael O'Connell, who's in Culture Reject, he's my right-hand guy asking him for advice. And then Beth Easton has offered to co-host because she's been putting on these amazing embodiment circles. Unfortunately, she does it when I'm working, so I can never go. They're kind of meditative and light movement yoga. She's tapped into a world universe Zoom thing. So she knows about Zoom. And so she's going to co-host with me. And she's hilarious. It'll be great. Have the artists talked to you about how the pandemic is affecting them? What are you hearing from the artists that are involved in this project? I haven't had deep conversations with them. I'm not in touch with a lot of them on the regular, but some of them are very close friends. So I talk to them. So I can't speak for everybody. 
you know, there's been some people who were expecting to go on big long tours like Jeff Bird of the Cowboy Junkies, for instance. He had all this tour planned and he can't do that. So that's a big thing. Some people are getting the CERB or CURB, whatever you want to call it, and they're staying home with their either roommates or their family or their partners and they're taking some time to write and reflect and that kind of thing. But I think it's unsettled us all in some ways. I, I'm sort of speaking from an existential perspective rather than the performers. I think we're all a little unsettled. I mean, we all kind of knew this would happen one day, but I don't think we knew it would happen this day, if you know what I mean. And it sounds like this cabaret is a perfect way to spend some time during these stay-at-home times. And how do people get to this party? They buy a ticket and then I will send them an invitation to the Zoom, a.k.a. cabaret. And uh, they will click on that link and they will have to learn how Zoom, but it's fairly easy to use, although I'm having some issues with my mom. I think she can get into the room if she can't be seen on camera, which I think she's fine with. For the most part, people are coming in, they have the option of being on camera, so there is some interactiveness. You can see the performer. We'll have everybody muted but the performer. And then after the performer plays their two songs, three songs, whatever they're doing, we will unmute 90 people for the clapping and hooting and hollering, I suppose. I will be emceeing. Beth, to some degree, she's going to marshal people in and out and help people with questions and stuff, probably run the chat to some degree. And the chat feature will have the links to their website. So people are like, oh, where can I know more about this person? Click, you know, it's right there for them to do. So yeah, that's sort of how it should work. And where do you buy your ticket? How do you get a ticket? Well, each city has a My Event page. Everybody's been invited to a stag and doe or some sort of party of some kind by these events things. So that's the sort of situation I use. And you can buy a ticket. I think it takes all the credit cards and PayPal. And then if anybody needs to do a debit transfer, they don't have PayPal, they don't have a credit card, they can email me directly and I can work something out with them. And how much is a ticket? A ticket is $20 plus processing fees. So it's not cheap for an hour show. This really is kind of a fundraiser. I just wanted to have a situation where you have a ticket, you pay a ticket, you go to a show, you sit down, you watch it, and then you leave and you get something from it. And the money goes to the artists. Yeah, all the money goes to the artists. Exactly. I mean, I've paid a little honorarium to the artist and to the co-host, and we're also paying a kid to put a Spotify list together of all the artists. And would you do it again after the pandemic? I would like to pass this on to somebody who's interested in maybe doing this kind of thing. There's a lot of platforms. There's one called Side Door with Dan Mengden, who's a performer, and he started this house concert series across Canada. And then we can't do house concerts, so he's changed it into, morphed into this great platform like I'm doing. They've helped me a lot in the sense that they sent out a 35-page PDF on Zoom and audio and how it works and blah, blah, blah. They're amazing. Nobody's doing this like they are. So I highly recommend you all check out Side Door. It seems like a really cool thing. There's others as well, but that's just one that I know about. And live streaming in the country is how? Is there going to be an opportunity for people to see this? Will it have a place on internet, on the internet? Here's exactly the South has this. Yeah, we're, let's all do a live stream thing. 
totally excluding people that don't have strong internet connection. Yeah, what I've done is I've sent an email to the performers yesterday to get their permission to record it. I've already had many of them say, yeah, sure, of course. I think that they'll all say yes. They may not. I will record each artist and then I'll try to figure out a place for these shows to live, whether it's on the artist's website or I have a Facebook community page called Support the Arts Cabaret Series on Facebook and maybe we could put them there. Okay, let's talk about the cabaret now. So there's three shows and all of these shows are on Sunday in the afternoon. What time? At three o'clock Eastern. Three o'clock. And what are the dates? The first one is May 31st. And unfortunately, that one's full. Unfortunately, that's a sold out show. That's a sold out show, Vicky. You sh not unfortunately. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. It was really that one was a, a no-brainer. That was my friends and family. I've got 50, 60 cousins in the Ottawa Valley. So <laughs> there's a lot of friends and family coming to that one. <laughs> so then the next one is uh, Guelph. And that's uh, June 14th, Sunday at 3 o'clock. And then the last one is about musicians who have lived or resided in Ottawa. And so that's June 28th, Sunday at 3 o'clock. Okay, and the cost is $20 a show, and the money is going to the artist. Toronto is sold out, but people get tickets to the Guelph and Ottawa shows. I'll post underneath this interview, and they can go to your Facebook page. They'll get their tickets. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you, Roy. And is there something else you'd like to add? I just want to say thank you so much, Roy, what you're doing. I've really enjoyed getting to know you remotely, so I look forward to hearing your podcast. I'm really excited about it. Thank you so much. Oh, good. It'll be great. It's great. I love it. And up now, I'm happy that we can play one of the cabaret to support the artist performers, Reggie Vermeule. Yeah, and he goes by Regina Gently. Drop Gentle Lady to Gently. So right. was Light Fires and then Regina Gentle Lady, and now she goes by Regina Gently. Okay, so we're going to play her. And like you said, people may have heard Reggie's Gentle and Reg, Light Fires, and now she's Gentle Regina Gentle Lady. Regina Gently. Oh, Regina Gently. Okay, Regina Gently. And people now know Reggie as Reggie Gentle, right? Reggie what? Regina Gently. Regina. <laughs> Regina Gently. Okay. <laughs> Regina Gently. This is where she is. This is how we will remember her. Regina Gently. And special thing is Regina Gently is parent to Stokely up in Maynooth. So I hope you're listening, Marlena and Stokely. Shout out to you both. Vicky, can you set this up for us, this song? Sure. Regina Gently is also one of my oldest, dearest friends and my next door neighbor. We share a roof. She has put out three singles of an album that she'd been working on and has been working on for some time now. And this is the second of the three titles that she put into the world. And it's called Whole Wide World. Perfect. Thanks so much. And I'm looking forward to the shows. Congratulations on creating this wonderful and important project. Thank you so much, Vicki. Thank you, Roy. And happy birthday. <laughs>
That's it. And people can check out the Hibla Minute Facebook page for a link to more info on how to buy tickets to the Support the Artist Cabaret. Thank you, Regina, gently. It was a pleasure to play your music and love that there is a connection here to you. So take care. Don't let the black flies get to you. You'll forget all about them once the mosquitoes are out. This is Roy Mitchell, and this has been Hibla Minute.